the traditional greeting from the pulpit on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is He is risen. He is, and that is the reason that we exist. That is the reason that the church, the ecclesia, the ones who are called out, have a reason to be called out. John 11, 21 to 27. Now this is a little bit before the crucifixion. And a good friend of Jesus, a man by the name of Lazarus, has died. And he has been dead now for three days. And Jesus arrives in the city and is met by Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, and he who comes into the world. Now we're going to stop there for just a second. And we're going to take our communion. Now that I've surprised you all with actual physical activity. Sudden surprises in the kingdom are to be expected. In John chapter 11, the next thing that happens is that they go to the tomb. And Jesus tells them to open the tomb. And they say to him, are, are, are you sure? Because he's been in there for three days and it's going to stink. That's actually what they say to him. In the King James, it says, stinketh. And Jesus calls Lazarus forth. And Lazarus, Lazarus, sorry, is resurrected from the dead. He walks 
out of the cave. Actually, to be really honest, so that you get a good mental image of this, he stumbles out. Do you know why he stumbles out? Because he's wrapped in the burial cloths. He's like kind of a do-it-yourself mummy. But he's alive. Mere days later, Jesus is not. Jesus is tortured, falsely accused, judged, condemned, and executed. Not for any sin that Jesus committed. He was sinless. But for the sins that we have committed the lies that we have told, the blasphemies we have uttered, the hate that we have expressed one to another. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Before he died, he had one final supper with his followers. And at that meal, he took the bread the afikamen, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Let's share together now in that. Boys, after the meal, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and he said, this cup is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood shed for you. Let's share together now in it. And the Apostle Paul tells us that as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we show forth to the world Jesus' sacrifice for us. Three days he lays in the tomb. Interestingly, the same period of time that Lazarus lays in the tomb. Mark chapter 16, we're looking at verses 1 to 13. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us? And looking up, they noticed that the stone had been rolled away, for it was extremely large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, 
wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. But he said to them, do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See, here's the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Let's stop there just for a second. Imagine going down to the cemetery. Going to the grave where your loved one is interred and finding that the dirt has been dug away. Finding a casket with the door levered off of it and no remains. Our society has become a little bit strange for lots of reasons. One of the reasons is that right now the idea of the supernatural isn't really accepted from church. It's okay if you're telling ghost stories. It's okay if you're doing research and you're spending time in old houses with electronic devices and people going, what was that? Did you hear that? And it's very exciting on film where everybody's eyes glow because of the thermal imaging. That's, that's cool. That part's cool. But less so from Christianity. We have a message that is unlike anyone else's on earth. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross for our sins. And three days later, rose from the dead. He did not die again. He is still alive. And people are not comfy with that idea. Well, clearly, the problem is that we are a different people. Clearly, the issue is that we are a people because we've got technology and we've got books and we've got Tim Hortons and Starbucks and, and, and nice cars and, and we have all the things that our current world has. There's no possible way that we would be as sensible as the people of the New Testament who would clearly instantly get what has happened. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. 
Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him when they were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, of course they believed it. They leapt into the air. They rejoiced together. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. They refused to believe it. They refused to believe it. Jesus told them that this was going to happen. He told them that the Son of Man must die and wait three days. He told them that. And now, Mary comes and tells them, he did it, and they go, nah, sorry, I don't think so. Now, after that, he appeared in a different form to two of them when they were walking along on their way to the country. And they went away and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. What about you? We're talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago, roughly. We're talking about something that changes everything. Everything. Why do people do things like tell other people the gospel? There's got to be a reason that somebody might do that because it's true. Just out of curiosity, how many of you are on the internet in some form of social media, whether it might be Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram or something? Put up your hand if you're on one of those platforms. Okay, keep your hand up. How many of you have seen people get in arguments on any of those platforms? Right. And usually the argument comes because one person tries to tell another person something. One of my favorite posts right now is a picture of a fence post. And Buddy posted it, and he said, just to prove that people will fight about anything, this is my post. Which, of course, I had to reply to you and say, no, that's a stick. <laughs> we fight about things all the time. And some things are actually worth fighting about. Some things are worth stepping up and saying, wait, sorry, no, I can't let that one go. Now, usually for me, that's the Leafs. But that's getting harder as the years go by. Yeah, this is the year, don't you know? Yes, we keep chanting that every year. 
I want this to be an uplifting message. I really, really do. I'm not sure that it will be. Because there's a question that comes out of this. There is a question, and the question is, do we actually believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do we? Do we? Here's, oh, now see, before you say yes, <laughs> let's hang on to that just for a second. Let's hang on to that just for a second. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 14. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. They have issues. They're a church with issues. They have bad issues. And he says in chapter 15, starting at verse 12, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. What is our faith in? Is my question to you this Resurrection Sunday morning. I don't like to talk about politics and I desperately make an effort not to do it here. This weekend, there was a message from our Prime Minister which was cautioning people about this weekend and how people are, he's sure, going to want to get together and, you know, be together on this long weekend. But you need to not. You need to behave. You need to, to do the careful things. And I agree with all of that. What, what I have a problem with, although no real surprise, is that in his message from the official uh, Government of Canada account, he never identified it as Easter. He called it the long weekend. Now, I'm not castigating him. He gets to believe whatever he wants. Every person on earth gets to believe what they want. What I want to point out is this. We don't think of this as Resurrection Sunday. We think of this as Easter. What's Easter? Easter now is chocolate and bunnies and candy. And don't get me wrong, I am all in favor of all of those things. I shouldn't be, but I am. I still have all my happy memories of getting up on, on Easter Sunday and finding a basket that somehow my parents had managed to hide from my prying eyes and freaking out and having a big solid rabbit that I had to hit with a hammer to break pieces off. 
I never understood why I had to hit it with a hammer to break pieces off until years and years later I realized that my parents had hidden it in the basement, which was cold. <laughs> and one Easter I actually pulled the tooth trying to bite it. So yeah, there's the trauma that I deal with still. That's okay. The world denies Jesus Christ. They deny the resurrection. They deny the power of God which comes through Jesus for our salvation. What about us? Do we, I'm going to use this term, do we preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is that an issue for us? Do we think he is risen? Do we think he is still alive? I mean, we don't see him. I don't bump into him when I'm walking around the city. It's easy to separate that. It's easy to step away from that and say that this is what we celebrate. We celebrate getting together. There's a movement right now going on across Canada and it's, it's happening today and it's, it's interesting. There are churches all across Ontario and out west that have been working themselves up in places where gathering is canceled due to the pandemic to meet anyway. Now, earlier this week, I shared an interview with the pastor of, I've lost the name of it, Grace, Grace Life? Grace Life, the church out west that has continued to meet even though it was under an order to cease. The reason that I shared that is not because I'm saying what they're doing is right and not what I'm saying they're doing is wrong. It's because you hear information that we have not heard in the regular media. You hear some of the things that they've been doing and some of the things that they haven't been doing. And it's important for us to understand that when we are complacent, when we're just doing some stuff, we are not preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. I was at a funeral this week. Imagine being at a funeral and hearing this from the casket. Seriously, seriously, think about that. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? Let's, here's your test for today, because the scripture says that a bunch of things happen. Jesus dies on the cross. He gives up his spirit. And then scripture tells us a number of things happened. What happened? Jumping right to the big one. 
Soldier stabbed him in the side. There's an earthquake. The temple is shaken. The curtain that separates the Holy of Holies from everywhere else. The curtain that when the high priest went through, they had a rope tied to his leg and bells on the bottom so that if he was not righteous before the Lord, he'd be struck dead and fall dead. And so they listened for the sound of the bells. And if the bells stopped, they pulled really quickly to get his body out. That curtain was ripped in two. And as Lori said, as the earthquake happened, graves opened and the dead rose. Okay? If it helps you, because this is our modern world, picture like a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> knock yourself out. The only difference is they weren't zombies. They were people like you back from the dead. Mm, see, I'm not getting the vibe here. I'm not. And if I'm not getting the vibe from you that God is a God of life, God is a God of resurrection, God calls people from the grave, and that day is going to come where every single dead person who has ever lived is going to be called from the grave. And we will see Jesus descending in glory. If I'm not getting that vibe on Resurrection Sunday from you guys, what about the people at Tim Hortons? If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. We need to take a look at our faith. We need to take a look at our faith. We are not in a playful time anymore. We are not in a casual time where the church can sit and feel safe and know that everything's going to be fine. Everything is not going to be fine. We have people on a daily basis now calling the Bible hate literature, calling for ways to shut us down, to shut the Bible down. And if it's just a book, that's fine. There's lots of books. But if the resurrection is true, then we have a message that the world has to hear. If Jesus' death on the cross saves all those people who call on him, how can they know to call on him unless someone tells them? Now, we do have some exceptions. Azra was approached personally by Jesus. 
There are other people from the Middle East who are coming forward with the very same message. And I gotta tell you something. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of way back when I worked at Radio Shack. And customers would come into the store And the manager, who always stood towards the back, because that's where his desk was, and he'd be working things, as soon as somebody came in, he would lift his head, and he would watch us, the sales staff. Because what he wanted to see was us walk up and ask the person how their day was and what are they looking for. And if we didn't do that, then Ken, my first Radio Shack manager, Ken Beshervey, would get up out of his desk. He would walk past us up to the customer and say, how you doing today? What you looking for? What can I find for you? If the Lord is doing that now, if the Lord feels it's necessary to get into people's lives personally because the people he's asked to do the job aren't doing the job, we might want to pay attention to doing our job. You might want to pay attention to doing your job. This is Easter Sunday. This is Resurrection Sunday. So I'm going to ask you a question. Is Jesus risen from the dead? Is Jesus risen from the dead? Yes. Is Jesus risen from the dead? Yes. Tell the world. We shared communion. We share his love. We sing his praises. Tell the world so that they don't have to choose hell, but can choose heaven. Let's pray. Father, We're sorry that we haven't been getting the message out. And we're sorry that you feel it necessary that you've got to come and do the job that you asked us to do in the Great Commission. So we ask that your spirit would move us, would electrify us, would drive us out with this message of amazing supernatural power, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, his glorification and being raised up to heaven where he sits and speaks for us to you. And we ask, Father, that you would give us the courage to speak to a hostile world this message of love that you shared with us when we were still hostile to you. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.